RPC Radio. Hello and welcome to Taxing Matters, your one-stop audio shop for all things tax, brought to you by RPC. My name is Alice Kemp and I will be your guide as we explore the sometimes hostile and ever-changing landscape that is the world of tax law and tax disputes. Taxing Matters brings you a fortnightly roadmap to guide you and your business through this labyrinth. In case any of you miss any crucial information or just want some bedtime reading, there is a full transcript of this and indeed every episode of Taxing Matters on our website at www.rpc.co.uk forward slash taxing matters. With the rise of interconnected news brought on by technology and exacerbated by the pandemic, we've been able to watch a larger number of viral videos from people with amazing talents and from people who have managed to say or do the wrong thing at the wrong time. From a personal perspective, we may have been entertained, amazed, horrified or concerned. But what happens if we or our businesses are linked to those people? What if it starts to impact on our reputation? And what if that risk is from litigation or other forms of dispute? Joining us today to explore how you can protect your business's public image and reputation if the worst should happen is Stuart Leach. Stuart is a barrister-turned-reputation advisor for Montfort, who has also spent 18 years working in advertising, where he won major accolades for his work with brands you will have heard of, including Red Bull, Qantas and Mastercard. Now Stuart heads up the litigation disputes team for Montfort, where he specialises in helping businesses and individuals through difficult times in litigation and in disputes. Stuart, thank you for joining me and welcome to Taxing Matters. It's my pleasure. Good to be here. So first of all, what are the reputational risks that come to companies and individuals and flow from litigation? Well, that's a very big question, or at least it's a very big answer. The risks are very manifold, and they run from, on the one level, very personal risks to your own reputation, right the way through to major impacts upon corporate reputation. A lot of it depends on the sort of litigation. If you've got a regular, if there is such a thing, commercial dispute, that can have a different impact than, say, a high-profile, high-stakes divorce, which can hit you in a different way. And, of course, any matter that involves fraud, some white-collar crime investigations, then that really does present a very high degree of risk to the people involved and the companies. In terms of tax litigation, I think that the risks that lie there slightly different and maybe not fully understood by people who are involved in it because it's not just the question of being involved in a tax matter, a litigation investigation. It's the fact that it may call into question the entire financial structure and probity and compliance transparency of an individual or a company that's involved with it. And it may well lead to further investigations. One can envisage a situation where there's a tax dispute going and a journalist who's already looked into some of the individuals starts to have a look for other elements of their financial life, offshore investments, their hiding of other assets, etc. And so the whole thing could really snowball. The way to look at the risk that may arise is actually to be as imaginative as you can be in terms of trying to assess what could come out what could lead to and what could somebody who wanted to leverage it do and say to try and damage your reputation. And how might that translate into impacts on a person or business? Again, there's impacts from the very short term through to the very long term. 
short term, the wrong reputational attack or undermining of the reputation can lead to an immediate drop in sales, for example. And we have seen that a little old, but that Thomas Cook case shows exactly how people can respond to something that is really very, very bad, and it will follow through into lost sales and revenue. The other extreme in the long term, what is said about a business or people when they're going through litigation, it can stick around because of Google and how it's reported and where it's reported can really impact on your footprint. Now, you may think, well, that's it, it'll roll off, but it may not. And one can envisage a situation where five, seven, ten years after the dispute, somebody is doing some due diligence and the way you've been reported, and you may have won your case even, but you may have been criticized by a court. You may have had some things come out that were really not very helpful. And they may be lurking on page two or three of Google. And someone will find them when they're doing due diligence. So that, of course, can have an impact many, many years down the track. So it's not just a question of thinking about the particular dispute in front of you. It's about thinking about all of the impacts of it short-term, medium-term, and long-term. And I think be as broad in your thinking as you can be to try and preempt all the sorts of risks that might emerge. People tend to lump reputation into PR, but it's actually much more about risk management and understanding where those risks lie and how communications can help manage them. So you've mentioned Google a couple of times there, and we seem to use Google for everything these days. How important is Google to both the problem and the solution. It's really important. I sometimes think I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for Google because it really is how something is recorded. And when a journalist is coming to write about something or a stakeholder is looking into something, that's nearly always the first point of call for everybody. So what they first see is really, really important. If you're going into a dispute, you know one is coming. It's really very sensible to check what's on your front page. And it may well be that you need to look at ensuring you've got the right content out there. We've worked on matters where many of our clients are very, very private and have no footprint at all. And unfortunately, the first thing that's going to be there is about the dispute. And if you've not got some control over how that narrative is shaped, then it could be very bad. One of the things that is worth looking at is how content that you've already got out there could be utilized in order to make sure it appears well on Google. And that's a very important part of preparing for a situation where you may find your reputation comes under risk. In terms of what gets laid down there during a dispute, that really does need careful management. And that's why I think the whole idea of making sure that the way a dispute is understood by everybody is vital. And it's not just a case of creating content that will search well, that puts your side across. It's actually doing it in a way that also feeds into your core values. And this is where brand thinking is so important because how you deal with it needs to be in keeping with the values that you as a business, you as an individual, actually carry through all of the rest of your business. Because when the dispute is over, you need to be able to move on in the best possible place you can. So consistency and taking a holistic approach to solving or managing these reputational risks is really critical. I think that the effect of Google in terms of recording everything that goes on within the dispute and in and around it is absolutely vital. You've seen so many cases where people have not really bothered about it. There's one 
a very good case. I won't name it, but it's a matrimonial one where the husband was terribly criticised by the court, and it's still there. And he's a businessman, and you do wonder to what extent when somebody is doing due diligence because of the way that that matrimonial dispute was handled. Well, maybe value is lost in terms of how the deals are done. And this is something that everyone needs to think about. So what about in a dispute? Say, for example, a business or an individual is already in a dispute. What should they do? And more importantly, what should they not do? What you should do at the very beginning, if you possibly can, is analyse and assess where all the risks lie. And that's not just from the litigation. It's from everything around your history. And we spend a great deal of time actually working with the lawyers, working with the client to try and identify every risk that we might have to manage. And that can come out of what you think witnesses might say, what you think the other side's media engagement strategy might be, what other people have written or have said in the past. And that may not just be journalists, there may be NGOs, there may be regulators, there may be previous investigators, there may be commercial rivals. All of these things present a threat and a risk. So doing that upfront work and being really prepared for it is vital. Now, if the dispute has already started, people come to us, it's still important to do that. You just have to do it very, very quickly because you haven't necessarily got the time (laughs) to prepare for it. Something I bang on about a lot, which is prepare, prepare, prepare. Litigation really has the potential to spin out of control and become a big crisis. And my view is that crisis is only a crisis if it's badly handled. And you should really look at it as an event that you know may well be coming, that you handle well. And that is all about having the right preparation. Coming out of that, you can get to a point where you go, all right, what is the narrative here? What do we want to try and hold on to right the way through this? And then, of course, what's critical is understanding who matters. Many people go, oh, well, this is of no interest to the public, so I don't need it. Of course, it may well be no interest to the public, but it may be of real interest to your investors or your customers or your regulator or anybody else. And you need to understand where that risk lies. And that means understanding where your communications have to work. Do you need to send out a letter? to just a number of people to say, this is going on and communicate your narrative about it. If you get contacted by investors, for instance, you know what you're going to say, but be fully prepared for this wide range of stakeholders. And that is really important work because you just need the wrong message to the most influential person can have enormous impact on you. Being topical at the moment, what Barclays have done around the Jess Staley matter has been really good. They've gone out ahead of it to investors and said, look, there are things that come out that may be difficult. They've already started that process, which to my mind is a lot better than reacting. When you're managing this, that's a terrible word, reacting. You should never react. You should respond and, and you respond when you've done the preparation work and you know what's going to come. Obviously, there are things that you can't predict, but if you've got all of the other things in place, it's a lot easier to springboard from there to manage surprise, as it were. Litigation is such a specialist area, and many people don't quite understand that. They think, oh, it's just regular PR, or it's just some kind of communication. It's really much more complex than that, because what you do 
can have a real impact in other directions. So if you just react, you may say something that is a massive hostage to fortune. There may be strategic litigation from others that is going to come from this. We're seeing that more and more now, little traps being set within a dispute to allow for other litigation to arise. Again, that's why just to try and shut something down with the first thing you think of, saying the wrong thing can attract the attention of a regulator and you can suddenly find an investigation underway. Even when you're caught unawares, you need to take that breather. The first thing you should do when something surprising comes out is put the kettle on. You also need to make sure you've got the right people dealing with it. You probably should have already put in place for your organisation a small, lean crisis management team that can handle that sort of thing. From my perspective, I think it should be general counsel because everything has a legal impact now. General counsel and the CEO should be managing So how might a business or an individual prepare if they think that something might possibly be on their horizon? What steps can they take right now? Well, as I said a little earlier, really getting to grips with what the risks are, but also making sure that the nuts and bolts are in place. Are you monitoring everything that might come up? Social media monitoring, your regular media monitoring. Are you really aware of all the people who need to be managed through this process, potentially. Employee, what are they going to think about when this occurs? If you start managing it across those groups, there are a number of things that we always do, which I would say everybody should do. The first is to understand, as I've said earlier, the risks, but out of that, produce what we call a rebuttal Bible. What are all the things that could be thrown at you? What will your response be? And what is the evidence to back that up? Within litigation and things that are quasi-legal, when talking to people, the media in particular, it's really important to be able to back it up with some documentation. Because there are two, three more sides involved in it, people are used to being told anything. (laughs) They're actually a bit very careful about what they write. So you really need to see it. Now, that, again, gives a great opportunity. And if you're going into a dispute, think about your pleadings that will be public. Go back to tax. We have worked on a number of matters where documents coming out of HMRC have been quite emotive at times, definitely with an eye to it being picked up with the media in order to put some pressure on the company that they're assessing or trying to get more tax out of. So one has to be aware of that being done. So that, again, is a good way to prepare, knowing what you're going to put in there. You should have your spokesperson, somebody who is a really good person to put out, train them properly and make sure they understand enough of the case in order to be able to deal with any questions that might come in. It's important also in preparation to have the right team. You've got to keep the lawyers front and centre because they know everything, particularly the people doing the communications. They're not going to know everything. There are privilege issues. So everything has to go through them. And that's particularly the case to avoid what I said about about becoming a hostage to fortune, because there will be things that look like a really good idea. You talk to the lawyers, they go, oh, no, can't do that. You shouldn't walk away and go, God, it's just so conservative, tying our hands, we could do this. No, there's a reason for it. Only about six months ago, we carried out a survey across 100 GCs of FTSE 350 businesses. We got two things. Those who'd been involved in high stakes litigation 
in the last two years all said they could have been better prepared. Those that had not been in high-stakes litigation in the last two years, they all said that they felt they were well prepared. I thought that was really interesting because it was the ones that had come out of it and thought, you know, we could have done better. And I think, of course, you can always do better and you need to learn the lessons from one dispute to another. But I think that, from my experience anyway, no one's ever really as prepared as they could be. And it's a discipline and it requires having the right people involved with the right experience. So what are the signs that a business or an individual might need some outside assistance with this process? If you're an individual organisation, you'll get a whiff that something is occurring because you'll start to get some inquiries. What you might find is an email comes in from an investigative journalist asking what appear to be some benign questions on a particular topic. And that is when you need to start thinking immediately professionally about what this is all about. You just put it off. You don't quite know where it's going to go. And understanding how to escalate these things internally as well is very important. So you've really got to have your antenna tuned to murmurings. You also should be aware of what's happening within your sector because you might get dragged into that. You should be fully aware of what are the topics that the media are particularly hot on at a given time and whether they're going to impact upon you. And I think it does all come back to your own internal transparency. If you're going to manage a risk, you need to know what those risks might be. I always find it interesting that people are surprised, to be honest with you, because I have a view that in pretty much every business, within a 95 plus percent degree of accuracy you can predict what things you're going to have to deal with someone might say hey, for a football club you're going to deal with agent payments sex scandals drugs these things are potentially the ones that are going to emerge and i think you can do that by sector and really be very organized for it in advance but it's looking to see what's becoming an interesting topic and look and see whether that's going to impact upon you. And if it does, what you're going to do about it. What I'm saying is that you should always be on the alert. You should have really good social media monitoring. What blogs are starting to write? Are short sellers starting to put things out? Always picking it up. Information is critical and gathering that level of intelligence is what will alert you to what might be coming. I've been doing this now for eight years and It's got harder and harder, become more and more brutal. People have seen the leverage effect of attacking reputation. And so being alert for it, paying attention to those attacks and the risk that you yourself have, it's time very, very well spent and should be very high priority within any organisation. So finally, what is your top tip for anyone who thinks they might be about to face an event with the potential for adverse consequences? Don't think that you might think that you will be and then act accordingly. Might is a kind of, well, we can deal with this tomorrow. It's so serious and reputation is so critical to brand value, to individuals, to how a company is seen through the personification of its CEO, act on the basis that it will happen because actually it will at some point. Take it as being very real. That is my top, top tip. And make sure that out of that, you have everything in place. Obviously, it's a glib thing to say, but they should hire us, really. And um, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> But to get specialists around you, build the right team 
and always, always be on red alert. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for in this week's episode. So thank you again, Stuart, for joining us. You can get in touch with Stuart via his email, leach, L-E-A-C-H, at monfort.london. That's M-O-N-T-F-O-R-T dot London. If you have any questions for me or for Stuart, or any topics you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please do email us on taxingmatters at rpc.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. RPC would like to thank podcast manager Josh McDonald. Original score was composed and produced by Insider Music, who also produced this podcast series. To hear a full, uninterrupted version of our podcast theme, go to Instagram at Insider Music and follow the link in bio. And of course, a big thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. If you like Taxing Matters, why not try RPC's other podcast offering, Insurance Covered, which looks at the inner workings of the insurance industry, hosted by the brilliant Peter Mansfield and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and our website. If you like this episode, please do take a moment to rate, review and subscribe and remember to tell a colleague about us. Thank you all for listening during 2021. Taxing Matters will be taking a break for the festive period. So from all of us here, we would like to wish you a happy, relaxing and enjoyable festive period and we will talk to you again in the new year. 